So can you really make money blogging? I mean, are people actually going to pay you to write what you enjoy writing about? And how on earth do you go from making not much to over $100,000 from your blog in just the short space of a year? Well, that is what this episode of Untapped is all about. Are you tapping into your potential? Are you then taking that potential and turning it into a purposeful and profitable online offering so you can impact more people, share your skills and expertise, and make a dent in the world? And are you doing this while living a life that fills you with purpose, happiness, and opportunities for growth? This may all sound too good to be true, and I am telling you, it isn't. These are the big questions that I seek to answer on The Untapped Show, a podcast for go-getting humans who know that more is possible for them in life and who want to make real changes and live up to and beyond their human potential. In this weekly podcast, I share nuggets of wisdom on how to do this, combined with inspiring interviews with everyday humans who are doing this right now so that we can all learn from each other. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson, a best-selling author, podcaster, blogger, lifelong learner, triathlete and lover of handstands and who took her humble blog back in 2010 and somehow managed to turn it into a multiple six-figure business by creating different revenue streams based around my skills, talents and knowledge. And I know that this is possible for you too. So every single week, that's what you're going to hear here on this podcast to give you inspiration, motivation, strategy and tactics to do this for yourself and to lead a purpose-driven life. So let's dive in to this week's show. You know, when I started my business in 2009, I had a humble blog, just a blog. And I credit that blog, which was at the time called Woman's World, where I would interview tech women entrepreneurs and just women entrepreneurs in general who I thought were awesome, interview them, write blogs about them, and essentially talk about my journey as an entrepreneur. That I still credit for creating my entire business to date, because that humble blog ended up being my main source of revenue. It was a fantastic lead generator. It was a source of credibility. It was a creative outlet for me to write. And it is the place that started all my digital products, courses, my speaking, my retreats, everything I can credit to that blog. And it's just amazing because you can start a blog for free and you can build a blog with effort and care and love and some skill and persistence, and an imagination, and you can turn it into a full-time business. And that is exactly what Kate Kordsmeyer, a writer, an educator, and a creative entrepreneur, did. So she had been a full-time freelance journalist for over 125 magazines for close to a decade. She'd written for places like USA Today, Eating Well, Cooking Light, The Washington Post, Forbes, Esquire, Women's Health, etc., etc. And she's even written a cookbook. Yet after being diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome in 2015 and a variety of other things going on, she decided to heal her symptoms naturally and started a really cool site called Root and Rebel, which is a holistic wellness blog with a focus on true mind, body, soul, health. And that very blog, which she used as a source of understanding and researching how she could better her own health and get over these symptoms, is now the thing that creates her entire income. It helps her provide for her family. It is a multiple six-figure business. And it all started with her blog. 
So in this episode, Kate and I dive deep into just how she did it. And actually, she talks about the three-year process, how much she made each year, what she did to make that, how she started out making money through her blog. And it really did take me back to the start of mine because sometimes I think I forget about the journey and the path and the steps that I took to do it. And it's so refreshing speaking to somebody who's just three years in but has done it incredibly well and incredibly strategically and just kept on trying and experimenting and building on her success. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's dive in. Delighted to have you here on the show, Kate Cordsmeyer. I'm super excited to talk about your journey and all about the power of blogging because it's such a beautiful thing and I'm such a big fan having built my business on my blog. So welcome to Untap. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Now, I'd just love to sort of dive straight into your story because I think it's obviously a really good one and actually more the situation that led you to even get into blogging, turning it into a full-time six-figure-plus business because I think it's really important for people to hear sometimes how we stumble upon these things. Like sometimes it's a case of the situation just happening to us and sometimes it's a life change. And yeah, I'd just love for you to share a little bit about your story of, of what's led you to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I think it's a little bit of both, honestly, in my case. So I, my background, I went to journalism school in college. And when I graduated, I started a freelance writing business and I ended up for the next eight years being a full-time freelance journalist. I worked for over 125 different magazines like USA Today and Travel and Leisure, Washington Post, like all kinds of different places, mostly writing about yeah. food and travel. Two and favorite was, things. <laughs> yeah, right? It was such a fun, cool career. I loved it. And it gave me a lot of amazing experiences I never would have been able to afford on my own. So I really enjoyed it. But around at the time I was living in Washington, D.C. for most of this, and it had just a really vibrant food scene and it was such a, des- a travel destination. So I just got a ton of work writing about, you know, my city and I just had a really lucrative few years and I, you know, could never have imagined doing anything else, but fast forward to 2013 and I, um, my husband got a job transfer to Atlanta, Georgia, which is where we are from originally. And it was unexpected, but it was just too good to pass up. And technically I could work from anywhere. So we were like, okay, well, let's go back. And long story short, it's not that Atlanta doesn't have a good food scene, but I think it's a little bit less of a scene in general and that there weren't as many writing opportunities, both for local and national outlets and international outlets even. And I had a lot of different things going on in my personal life. I was starting to have a lot of health issues. I was really stressed and let's see. And there was just kind of the whole thing of like print is dying and budgets were being cut. And and I just wasn't, I felt like I couldn't do my job the way that I used to. So at the time I had this kind of like very judgmental disdain for bloggers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I imagine as a journalist, you'd be like, oh, poof. (laughs) Yeah. I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm a professional and these amateurs don't know what they're doing. I mean, it was bad. I don't know. Well, to be fair, we probably don't sometimes, but we've got heart (laughs) and soul. (laughs) Well, exactly. It was a total false, you know, misconception, but I had no interest in blogging is my point. And, but I read blogs sometimes and I read this one blog in particular called Pinch of Yum that was just a food and recipe blog. 
but they started publishing these income reports where they would talk about how much they made from their food blog. And I remember reading them and one day I spent like the entire weekend and I spent hours just pouring through all of their archives of these income reports. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're making like $35,000 a month from their food blog. This is crazy. So they actually ended up launching this program called Food Blogger Pro. And it sort of taught you how to start a food blog. And I was like, you know, I'm going to join this program and see if it feels right. I need a change. I can't be on the road like I used to be. And, you know, all this other personal stuff was going on, like I said. And so I joined the program and I ended up deciding, okay, yeah, I think I want to give this a go. And my plan was always to just have it be like a piece of my freelance pie. It was like, I'm never going to not write for magazines anymore. I just want to have something else that I do, you know, to diversify my revenue streams. Yeah. So I started Root and Revel is the name of my blog. And it yeah. was like a Tell me about the Root and Revel bit. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Sorry. You're going to get into it. <laughs> no, that's okay. I just love um, the name. It's like, yeah, it kind of gives, I just really like it. It's memorable. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I think my big thing was like, I'm this food writer with this passion for delicious food and finding the best restaurants around the world. And I loved cooking, but I also had these health issues and I was trying to work through them. And I knew that I needed a little more balance in my life and a little more wellness. And so Root and Revel is sort of like the balance between the two of like, getting back to basics, mm. treating the root cause, really figuring out what your body needs and then reveling in life and just celebrating and enjoying the moment and experiencing life's pleasures. And love it. So, love it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started root and revel. That was in October of 2015. And the more I worked on it, the less I wanted to do my freelance stuff. Um, <laughs> Until eventually, in at the end of 2016, I was like, screw it. I'm going to go for this <laughs> full time. I'm not going to take on any more freelance clients. I'm just going to put my head down and really make a go of this business, this blogging business, which I never thought I would do. And so that first year that I worked on it full time, I made $75,000. Nice. And by this next year, I made $150,000 and I was wow. like, from my blog? This is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. So yeah, like I said, I, I sort of, it was somewhat strategic, but also kind of like I stumbled upon these people that showed me that you could make money blogging and then mm. just kind of went for it and then ended up loving it. And here we are today. I so want to dive into so many questions there, obviously, but I also think that, you know, blogging is maybe not always the best term for this because at the end of the day, it's, it's almost like you're your own content and media producers. You know, you came from the journalism background, you saw the print industry kind of dying. It's turned that news media industry on its head. And now they are moving to so much more digital online content gateways, all sorts of stuff, right? Like they've ultimately become their own blogs because the print aspect is just so out of date and out of touch and expensive, et cetera. And so I think if people actually viewed themselves as content producers, they provide tons of value and they get paid in return for that through various things. And we're going to dive into that on how you do it. 
I think it's a, it's a really interesting reframe for people to maybe take themselves more seriously because I know when I first started my blog, you know, I just loved the art of writing and sharing and giving value. And I was trying to nut it out and figure out how to build a community and goodwill and how often to post and how to, you know, actually what platform to have my blog and all those things. Right. But at the end of the day, I always treated it like it could be a business. And I think, you know, maybe faffed around for a few months, but then I was like, wait a minute, if this is a business, how would I go about monetizing this? Because I can't do this for free all my life. And as much as I love writing and providing great content and value, I've got to be paid. And um, right. I think if more people took that attitude from the beginning, they'd probably jump to success more quickly because you do then get really strategic about what works and what doesn't. So can we dive into a little bit on, you know, that first year, that 75K must have been pretty exciting. And I'm sure that's upfront revenue, maybe not profit, but what were your main sort of, what was the first way that you made money on your blog? Yeah. Well, first I just have to say, I love that you said that because I do think that mindset is everything when it comes to any kind of success, but especially in this online business blogging world, I think there are so many people that just treat it like a hobby. They're not willing to invest, whether it's money or time or just thinking of things strategically. And I think that mindset is a hundred percent what responsible for why I was able to make this into a successful business. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think it's a limiting belief that a lot of people have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then to answer your question, so from my blog, I make money three main ways and it's kind of the traditional blogging revenue stream. So I started very first day, day one with display advertising. And, you know, I think there's pros and cons to when you should, or if you should use ads on your site, but ultimately I knew that my site, like I, at the time I was not selling any products of my own. So I wasn't trying to, you know, it wasn't like diluting that message or anything like that. And I think that I just felt like in the beginning, even if I was only bringing in $5 a day or $5 a month in that first month, you know, (laughs) that it was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm making money. And if I can make $5, I can make 50 and 500 and 5,000. And it just was sort of a confidence boost that it could really happen. So I started with display ads and then I added in affiliate marketing. And I don't, I'm not sure how familiar your uh, listeners are with these terms. So let me know if you need me to explain anything. They should be, but you know what? Let's go back over it. I love it. I love hearing people's different interpretations of affiliate marketing because I think what I've tried to do is dispel the icky feeling about it that used yeah. to sort of be around and really look at it more as I call it advocate marketing or referral marketing. So yeah, go for it. Yes, Tell people what you're, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what was your first affiliate product or tool that you, that you wanted to refer people to? Oh gosh. I probably started with just Amazon, I think, because it was like, well, everybody shops on Amazon and I could link to a million different products. But then from there, it became a little bit more strategic and actually reaching out to brands directly and trying to partner with them in that way. But to me, affiliate marketing is sharing something you already use, love, and trust with your readers as a recommendation that might bring value or ease to their life. And it's something like you're probably, if you're writing content, you're probably already recommending products anyway whether you're like a lifestyle or food blogger and you're recommending like ingredients or 
you know, clothes or beauty products or whatever it may be, or even in like the business and financial world, maybe you're recommending like a credit card or a bank account or there, you know, a, a tool that you use in your business. And so it's like, why not authentically weave in some referral links so that you can make money for the things you're doing anyway? And I think when you do that and you stay true to yourself and you put that authenticity and integrity first alongside like your reader's best interests and just focus on providing value to your tribe that you actually convert much better than if you're just like slimy salesy trying to, you know, it's like clear that like, I'm just trying to sell you something, just please buy anything. And yeah. Yeah. I particularly love recommending. I mean, I use so many different tools and I love refining them and figuring out which ones are best. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for like trying something new, understanding its features and going, Oh, I can see how people could apply this straight away. I need to tell people about it. And then um, often in the past, they approached me and said, Natalie, you know, we see that you love our product. Are you aware that we have an affiliate program? I was like, Oh, even better. I mean, I I was going to talk about it anyway. So it's really lovely to get that the commissions for doing that. And I know my community and I'm sure yours does as well, really appreciate you being the source of that. Like, Hey, I've been testing it, been trialing it. I really like it. Here's what it does. Well, try it out for yourself. It's taking away a lot of time and hassle for them and doing that instead. Exactly. You're taking out a lot of the legwork and like the research and comparison shopping and that kind of thing. And just saying like, look, I've already done all that work for you. And here's what I found. This is the best one. And Yeah. I mean, and your people, like you said, they're coming to you because they trust you and they want to know, Hey, what do you use for this? And it just makes sense to make money from these recommendations when you can. So I think the one key thing is making sure that you only are an affiliate for products you have personally used and tried yourself. Yes. Um, and if you haven't, I think it's really difficult if even possible to, sell with any kind of authority or authenticity. And I think your readers can just sense that. So I always tell people like, just make sure you've tried it first before you're recommending it and that you actually like it. Yeah. hundred percent. Otherwise you can't talk about it authentically. Like, yeah, you don't need to know everything about it, but you need to sort of be using it and appreciating it. And it has to work in with your own online business strategy and and set of things that you use. So yeah, I love that. So you made money from, so the advertising, I actually never did the paid advertising on my site. I think I, d- I had it on for like two weeks and I was like, ah, just didn't quite, one, I didn't have the traffic and two, just didn't feel quite right. Cause I was like, what are you serving up to my customers where I could probably serve right. up my own ads? And then, yeah, but you know, and I think it totally is just based on like the type of content you're producing and what your goals are. So like for Root and Revel, I still use display ads and now I make several thousand dollars a month from just having ads on my Ooh. site. It's like totally passive income. So it's great. But I started a new site for kind of the business side of things that I run now for heart centered entrepreneurs. And on that site, I don't have any ads and I'm, I don't want to, I like the clean look. I like not diluting any other messages that I'm trying to get out there or confusing people. And so I think it just totally depends on your brand and your goals and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's great to hear that you make that much from it. And I think, you know, you obviously clearly have tons of traffic to your site now and that's when it really makes sense. So again, there's even things like blog ad networks where you can serve up content that's more related to, or ads that are more related to the content on your site and you can even approve them. So there's lots of ways to do that. So how else yeah. did you make money in that first year? 
Yeah. So in the first year towards around that, I want to say maybe around the nine month mark or so I started, I had about 10,000 page views a month. And so I started reaching out to brands about partnering for sponsored content. So unlike affiliate marketing, where I only make money if I earn a commission on the sale, if somebody purchases with sponsored content, the brand was paying me an upfront flat fee to write about their product. And so I started that in the first year I started small and I think I charged maybe $200 for my first sponsored post. And I've heard of other bloggers. Like I have a friend who had a blog, she had 2000 page views a month and she charged a hundred dollars and she was able to find many sponsors at that price. And with that size audience. So I think people, again, like the mindset stuff and we hold ourselves back and we think like, Oh, I'm too small or I'm not good enough. And nobody would want to look at me, but especially today, brands are really into micro influencers and they can get a lot more bang for their buck partnering with 10 bloggers that have a thousand page views a month rather than one blogger that has a hundred thousand and charges, you know, way more. So I started there. And again, it's like just with experience and growth and traffic growth and all that kind of stuff. Now we charge like $2,000 a post. And I know many people that charge even way more than that. Um, go girl. I love that. That's great. Just yeah. People are listening and they're picking up their ears going, what? This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And again, I mean, it's very similar approach that I did with affiliate marketing where it's like, I'm only going to work with brands that I'm already a fan of their products. And so you know, we'd reach out to brands and then sometimes brands even reach out to us and they want to partner and we just figure out a way to make it really authentic and true to our readers and our mission and yeah, make a little money in the, in the meantime. So I think in year two, I made over $60,000 from sponsored content alone. So it grew exponentially in that second year of blogging. And yeah, it's another great way to add a revenue stream to your monetization strategy. That is excellent to know. And thank you so much for being so honest and sharing all this. And I think that's a big part of why people come to you, right? Because you're like, hey, this is how it works. And you've had income reports for quite a long time as well. So you're totally transparent. And I think it also just shows people the heck of a lot of opportunity and possibility out there and potential to build your business through your blog. And I remember, and I still get requests all the time around sponsored links, et cetera, which I'm less of a fan of, but I always am very careful about what I take on on my site, guest posts that people want to write that are in line with the content. And there's just hundreds of opportunities all the time and they keep coming. And, you know, my audience isn't as big as it was and it's certainly page views wise, not as great as yours. And I'm sure yours has grown even more, but I think that's the thing is no matter what, if you have a niche audience, if you even have a small committed, engaged readership and traffic, it's still very attractive to sponsors and companies to get in front of that because you put in the hard work building that trust and it's a direct path for them to be able to engage in a really, I'm going to use the word authentic way, knowing Mm -hmm. that they're probably going to come across really well because you've already done a lot of that hard work of building the trust and the communication, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more. And so at which point did you start creating digital courses and products that people could buy. Cause I think the biggest turning point for me was I started off with a lot of the methods that you've talked about. And then there was a point at which I was like, Hey, wait a minute, 
I also have really great stuff that I could share and that I want to teach and that I want to enlighten people with. And what about if I put that into, you know, packaged products, digital products? And I did that from quite early on, but I think there was sort of a decision that I made at one point where I was like, I can accept other people's fantastic income or I can create my own and I can have a combination. So at which point did you kind of go, hmm, it's time. It's time for Kate yeah. to create. <laughs> for Kate to create. I love it. <laughs> So the thought occurred to me in year three, I, towards the end of 2018, I was like, I need to do a course. I feel like I'm not, I feel like at a certain point without an increase in traffic, you're a little bit stalled in your blogging income using those three methods that I mentioned. And of course, if you can continue growing your traffic, then you can earn more. But I was feeling a little bit like plateaued. And I felt like, okay, what could I do that's really more scalable and something that's new and is going to light me up? I love kind of taking on new challenges and learning new things. So I took a course from Melissa Griffin called Blog to Biz Hive, and that taught how to kind of do a digital course, what that looks like. And so that seed was planted and I did that thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to launch it in Q1 of 2019. And Q1 came and went and nothing happened. And <laughs> Thank you for that sharing that. Thing, yeah, it kind of kept happening throughout the year. And I got pregnant with my first kid. And, and then I was like, well, I'm just going to finish it before I go on maternity leave. And then that'll be great. I'll have this other revenue stream and you know, it'll be perfect. And that didn't happen. So I came back from maternity leave in 2019 and I was like, this is my year. I am doing this. Done is better than perfect. I've just got to get started and I'll improve as I go, but I got to, I got to move. So I worked on the course in the spring and then I got a group of beta testers to come in that summer. And then I did, or this summer, yeah, this is still this year. So then in July, 2019, I launched my course for the first time. Nice. So it's actually pretty, you know, not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and do you mind sharing the results? Cause I kind of secretly know that it went super well, but like, was it, <laughs> was it beyond what you expected or were you pretty much in line with your like strategy and the work that you'd done behind it to go, no, this is what I'd really love to achieve. A little bit of both. I mean, I think there's always like when something works that you're like, holy crap, I made $20,000 in a week. Like, yeah that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that was the result. I got about 35 ish people into the course and we made about $20,000 and it, it blew amazing. my mind that, yeah. you know, and, and again, it was like, okay, in some ways, you know, I had been learning from all of these like master digital course people, Melissa Griffin and Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher and Pat Flynn and all these big voices who make millions. So you know, on the one hand, I was like, I can't believe I made $20,000. And then there's a small part of me that's like, oh man, but they have like six figure launches. And <laughs> so I get stuck in that comparison trap sometimes, but it also ultimately was just like promising, like, wow, for the very first launch or very first product to have had that kind of success is just showing me like next time we can do even better. And then yeah. next time after that, we'll learn even more and like, we'll get there eventually this is just kind of like proof of concept right now, right? 
A hundred percent. And I'm so excited that you shared that because I remember when I did my first proper big launch, like I'd done smaller ones and made several thousand and I think, you know, like 10,000, 15, et cetera. But when I did my first one for the freedom plan, I made $45,000 and most of that came in the last two hours. I kid you not. So that's a big oh thing gosh, for people listening wow. with launches. Most people sign up either in the first day, they'll, you'll get a little bit of that as you probably saw. And then it's often crickets or trickles. And yes, then the last day, yes, yeah, several cricket days, which are just horrible. And you're sitting there going, Oh, woe is me. What a failure. Oh my God. What's happening. Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? And you're overthinking and underthinking and trying to change stuff, but you should just like trust in the process and keep communicating. And then, yeah, the last day was like, Oh, okay. Things are happening in the last two hours. And honestly, the last half an hour, I was like, this is nuts. You've had a week. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's that, you know, last minute we are as humans, we need timelines, deadlines, a sense of urgency, a sense of something's closing, you're going to miss out because otherwise we just don't take action. So true. I thought the same thing I had, I think on day one of our first launch, we had like eight or nine people sign up and I'm like, okay, this is good. This feels like people, people yeah. are going to buy this, you know? And then it was like, okay, two or three the next day. And then we had the weekend and nobody bought over Saturday and Sunday. And I was like, this is a gigantic failure. I can't (laughs) believe this. And then, yeah, we had like 20 people buy on the last day. And it's like, oh, it's everybody told me that's what's going to happen. But for some Mm -hmm. reason, when you're in it, you're just like, no, I'm a failure. And yeah, and it's so true. People need those. Sometimes I feel a little bit like not icky, but just like, Oh, I hate being too like gimmicky in my scarcity tactics. But ultimately I think I've realized that a, it works and B maybe even more importantly is like, you're really actually helping people because they need that push to make a decision and do something. And if you don't give that to them, people can sit on the fence for their whole lives. Yeah, a hundred percent and never change anything and never right. improve their situation and continue to be doing what they've always been doing. So I agree. It's kind of, I always think it's your duty and your purpose to show up and help people be them best selves and do yeah, that through totally. like, you know, giving them a gentle push and shove and what I call a sort of a positive kick up the butt when they need it. And they <laughs> usually appreciate it, right? The ones who really need it like, oh, thanks so much for that. Otherwise I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, um, exactly. Very cool. So I love that. And so you're kind of going forward what's your strategy for, I guess, continuing to increase the revenue, continuing to increase your blog's popularity, but also is there, you know, you've got another baby on the way, you've got a young one already. Is there a desire for you to step back a little, work a little less? I mean, I didn't actually even ask you sort of how much time you spend on your blog slash business a week at the moment. Yeah. So before 2019, before I got into the digital course side of things, I actually was only working about 10 hours a week. Um, It felt like I was working full time, but (laughs) I think because I worked every day a little bit, but I made a lot of time in my day for socializing and taking care of my house and taking care of myself and, you know, doing things like chiropractic and acupuncture and stuff like that. So it was great. I mean, I was able to, you know, make six figures and work 10 hours a week. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but then this year when I was like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, play a bigger game. I want to grow and get to the next level. I have been working a lot more this year. So probably more like 30 to 40 hours, sometimes even a little more, maybe a week. So I do, my son is in full-time daycare and I was just on this live call with my 
group earlier today and I was saying that, yeah, when I first came back from maternity leave, I had a lot of people say, oh, you're going to put Jackson in daycare because you work from home. And I was like, yeah, I work from home. Uh, (laughs) Have you ever tried to work with a kid, like a little baby around? You know, it's hard to even like mindlessly fold laundry. So I say, I have full-time childcare because I have a full-time job. And so that's what works for me. And yeah, I think, let's see. I think you asked another question in there that I'm forgetting now. <laughs> no, I think it was around sort of hours that you work and are you looking to, so it sounds like you've really ramped up this year because you're wanting to put your heart and soul into it and take it really seriously. But also at the same time with that, I know it can just be so easy with digital businesses to be online all the time. So I was just yeah. wondering if you were sort of pulling back, but that's interesting that you actually started off with less hours and you've increased it because you do kind of fall yeah. in love with it and you want to do more and more on it. And there's so much that you can be doing all the time. I think the balance is finding what is the absolute priority that I need to work on. If, if I had to lose everything else, what would be the one thing that I would do each day to move the needle towards you know your goals and dreams and desires and how you want to turn up in the world and I think that's when you get really clear on it because otherwise I could tweak this and optimize that and do this and send that and email this person and start on this and I'm just like whoa yeah 24 (laughs) 7 never stop yeah 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 I do think my goal is to work less hours and just kind of do a little bit less in general I do love it like you said you do just fall in love with it and sometimes I mean I really have to force myself to stop working like okay (laughs) That's enough for today, even though I want to keep going. So it's a great problem to have. But ultimately, when I think about my life, I don't want to work 24 seven, even if I love it. And I do have a family now and I, you know, want to prioritize them and spend more time with them, that kind of thing. So yeah, in 2020, I would love to find some space. I think that's my word for 2020 is spacious. And mm-hmm. oh, I, I love think, it. You do the word yeah. of the year too. Me too. Yes. Do it every single year and spread it to my community. Spaciousness. I like it. Spacious. Spaciousness. Yeah. I just think I keep having this mantra of I have all the time in the world. Everything that needs to get done will get done. And because mm. it can be overwhelming and, you know, you, you can make to-do lists that are 10 pages long. And mm-hmm. I just don't think that's really serving anybody. So yeah, I would like to go back. I I think a good place for me is probably like 20 to 30 hours a week feels comfortable. Um, That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Time for volunteering and learning and just time out and yeah. So let's switch gears a little. So I know we want to make sure that people really understand and if they're listening and they're intrigued and if you had a blog for ages and you're just kind of not seeing the traction, maybe just your best tip for people for 2020 on how to, I guess, grow and monetize their blog. And then we'll talk a little bit about your Six Figure Blog Academy. Yeah. Well, this one quote that I read earlier this year that was in kind of an unrelated book, it's called Profit First, but it's really kind of like an accounting book. But I read this quote in there, and I think it's actually from like Winston Churchill or somebody, but it's something, it goes, nothing changes if nothing changes. And it's just resonated so much with me this year. I keep coming back to it because I do think we can all get in this place where we feel stuck and we feel like, oh, I'm doing all the things and nothing's working. And I hear that so often from people on my list and in my audience. And I think ultimately you have to go like, well, 
if it's not working, then something needs to change. And so you need to make that change. Otherwise it's, you know, kind of like the Einstein thing of like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I think we're all guilty of it. So it's a little bit hard for me to answer that question because I feel like it's so nuanced based on, you know, the person and where they are in their business. But I would just say that taking courses, um, myself, I mean, I've taken courses from so many mentors and, and implemented their advice. Somebody that already has like, has been through it and is coming back and reporting from the other side of saying like, Hey, I did this thing and here's what worked and here's what didn't and use my strategy and it'll work for you too. Um, and that has been so game changing in my own business that I just, I'm like, take a course, learn from somebody else who's paved the way and make some changes to what you're doing because nothing changes if nothing changes. Love it. Absolutely love it. Ah, I could jam on blogging for just ages and ages and ages, but instead (laughs) I think, you know, and this is something that I personally don't have a course in mainly because I think when you live and breathe it, like I have for so long, there's, I don't know. I just feel like there's other things that I want to teach people like launching online courses, et cetera. So, you know, this is why I sort of brought you on here because I just think we have really similar outlooks on why it's so important to build your blog in a really authentic and practical way and also to build the right community behind it and to actually make it really fun and fall in love with it. Because I think some people get so hammed down in the detail and they kind of lose sight of why they started in the first place. And I've definitely been there. I like absolutely love writing and sharing. And then there's a point at which you get so caught up in all the other things that you lose sight of what you love about it. So can you talk me through a little bit about Six Figure Blog Academy? Because obviously you've poured your heart and soul into that and it's, you're really open and honest in it with your methodologies for building your blog. Yeah, thank you. I definitely have. It's been a huge labor of love, which I'm sure is true from all course creators. But yeah, I mean, I just, I launched it, like I said, this summer of 2019. And I just felt like it was what I felt so called to do it. I was getting so many questions from people that were like, either they wanted to figure out a way to start their own business and be their own boss and get the freedom and flexibility and fulfillment that comes from that. Or there were people, like you said earlier, where it's like they've been blogging for a while and they're just not able to make money from it and they don't know what they're doing wrong and what they could do differently. And so I just thought, I'm going to create this course and just be as open and honest and transparent about like, here's my exact journey, step-by-step, here's what worked, you know, I was able to make six figures in my third year of blogging. And I think you could do it even faster because now I'm giving you this like proven roadmap and you don't have to start out spending the first year of like shooting in the dark and guessing at what might work. And so, yeah. We're going to open the doors again on January 7th, 2020. So if you're interested, mark your calendars. And yeah, it's a great if you, time if you to launch money into blogging with it's, a plan, right? And go, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. 2020, it's my year. So I'll provide um, my link, my lovely affiliate link to this because I'm supporting Kate on this. I think it's a yeah. great program. I've had access to it. I'm working through it. It's awesome content. I'll be sharing a little bit more. But if there's one final sort of thing that you can leave off on, Kate, is what are you most excited about for 2020? Because I don't know, it's a new decade. So it feels like it has more gravitas than other years. And I love that your yeah. word is spaciousness. So what's, what are you most excited about? 
Oh gosh, so many different things. I think one thing I'm planning to do is launch a podcast in 2020. And I am so excited to finally have that format to really dive deeper into a lot of the heart-centered and holistic topics that we cover already from a business perspective and just figuring out both for myself and helping my readers do the same, how to work from a place of rest and not hustle. Mm, I love it. I'd love to come on that show in the future. I'm just putting it out there. I was so excited to see you doing a podcast. It's my favorite medium out there, obviously beyond blogging and blogging, but there's something about podcasting that's just, oh, it just allows you to get right to the heart of your listener and get into their head and plant some seeds and nuggets of gold and, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love writing and it's obviously my background, but there is something really special about just being able to talk and really connect with people on that deeper level. And yeah, I'm really excited to play with that medium next year. Nice. So where's the best place that people can find you? I think you've mentioned your blog a few times. Yeah. So my wellness blog is Root and Revel. So you can just go to rootandrevel.com. And then if you're interested more in business stuff and blogging advice and that kind of thing, just my name, katecordsmeyer.com will get you there. If you can't spell it, you can do katecords.com and it'll redirect you. That's smart. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough when you have so many vowels in your last name. So (laughs) it's K-O-R-D-S. So katecords.com and you can get all of our free resources and check out the income reports and the six figure blog Academy. And then hopefully in 2020, our podcast coming soon. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. So honestly, your journey, just well done to you on that success as well. I know it it takes a lot of hard work as well as love. So appreciate that. And thank you everybody for listening in to Untapped with Kate, Kate who's creates. And yeah, just been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I loved it. Thank you. So I really hope you learned a lot from Kate. I really love her honesty, her energy. Just You can just tell that she's just so passionate about her blog and that she has so much more to give and to do and to test and to share. And I'm really excited about her podcast. She's also just really straight up and smart and sassy. And I have actually had the privilege of getting access to her six-figure blog academy. And I can tell you, she has gone all out in this. And I think it's why I never created a course about blogging. I created modules about blogging, but I never got so into it or could actually, I guess, systematically teach a really great way to go out blogging the way Kate has. It's kind of like the course that I would have created had I actually put some effort into it. I'm more excited about creating courses about courses and helping you get paid to be you. But this is such a perfect complement to what I talk about and what I teach. And so if you are interested in creating your own six-figure blog and what we talked about in the episode, I hope rang true for you. That is, you've got to treat your blog like a business from day one and it will turn into a business if you have the right mindset and attitude rather than, oh, this is just a creative hobby and outlet. And it is totally fine to have a blog that is a creative hobby for you. But if you want this to provide your income, if you want this to give you the abundance you want, if you want it to give you the lifestyle that you want, you should take it seriously, man, because it is more possible than ever to have a thriving blog that gives you fantastic revenue and profit and a real purpose. So head to nataliesisson.com forward slash six figure blog. That's S-I-X. So six figure blog. And you'll be able to find out all the details. I know that Kate isn't opening this up until January 2020. So depending on when you're listening to this, um, pop yourself on the wait list, learn more about Kate 
and maybe I will see you in there in January and I'm going to be squeezing out more details about this over the coming weeks because I am just such a firm believer that blogging is old school and new school all at once. It is not going anywhere fast and yet it will take you everywhere you want. As in, it has stickability, it has been around for ages, and it is still one of the best outlets for being able to say what you want, write what you want, share what you want, add value, build a community, build a business, and have real purpose. So, nataliesitson.com forward slash six figure blog, check it out, and I'll see you on the next episode of Untapped.